Do you need your glasses, Wes? I don't know. I had a elder's wife in the car once, and I was driving her around. I said, do you mind if I wear my glasses? She said, no, go right ahead. Electric. It's good to be here tonight. I'm not going to talk real long, but what I have to say, I think, has changed me. This past week, I think I've worked on this maybe a couple weeks ago, let it go. And so uh, uh, let me begin tonight by saying that uh, a number of years ago, and I met some of the ministers in the town where we were working, and one of the ministers had attended Princeton uh, Graduate School of Theology, and I I've actually never been to New Jersey that I can remember, but I know that Albert Einstein lived at, I believe, 319 Mercer Street. And I said, hey, did you go by 319 Mercer Street? He said, no, but I said, was Bruce Metzger there, Dr. Metzger, when you were there? And we talked. And I was really curious about his uh, theological education. I said, tell me all about your experience at Princeton. And uh, he did, and I was actually very surprised um, our brotherhood needs to be commended on the one hand. On the one hand, uh, we've done fair with the English Bible. But I was really disappointed in this guy because um, he, he seemed, in my opinion, to lack definite depth. Opening your Bible tonight to Habakkuk, I had an instructor who would say Habakkuk, but um, as far as I know, uh, we'll go with Habakkuk, one of the 12 minor prophets, and uh, they're called minor because they uh, have more brevity than the major prophets. The major we know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. The minor, they may only have a page or two or three in your Bible, so if you can find Habakkuk, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to. I didn't grow up in the church. I never learned the song, but I've been blessed tonight. I flipped right to it. So I will be in Habakkuk tonight. You are invited to be in Habakkuk tonight. You are invited here and after to be in Habakkuk. And I should talk about the value of crisis in Habakkuk. Now, I don't like crisis. I am not saying tonight that crisis is a wonderful thing. To the contrary, I don't think it is a wonderful thing. I've been in it. Um, I'm doing well tonight, well enough, and I hope you're doing well enough tonight, though you may not be doing well. I don't think you have to be smiling all the time, but I think to get a theology of crisis will help you and me to, to navigate the dark corners of this cosmos. And uh, I hope you live in the firmament, which is on high. So if you found Habakkuk, mine is on page... 1,310. Habakkuk. We'll be looking at it in just a moment. A number of years ago when I was in college, there was a song called, well, I don't know the title, but it went like this. If you want to be happy every day. And that's all I remember. 
But uh, this lesson tonight is not that song. This isn't about being happy, but it's about having something structurally in, in your character that gives you depth. And see, if all you want to talk about is getting a check from the government or um, Halloween candy or... Um, I think that's okay. But if that's the, the, the extent of your depth, you can go deeper. And today I invite you to chapter 1, verse 1, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. He was a seer. He, he uh, had this uh, special component going on between him and Yahweh, the Lord God. He was uh, called the prophet. And uh, being such... Um, the word oracle, I, I don't really care for that translation. Uh, some say burden. The Hebrew is masa. And I think if you want to get this, it's also used the burden of Nahum and others. But masa, according to my research, is heaviness. It's a, you lift it, it's a heavy deal. It's a big deal. It's a heavy deal. And the crisis going on here historically in the backdrop against which Habakkuk is written was a heavy deal. Invasion. Now, the Ukrainians would understand that. I don't know that we as Americans get it. We haven't been invaded lately, although there is such a thing as a Trojan horse. Masa is something heavy, Wes. So don't come to Habakkuk and think, oh, I'm going to be happy because I went to Sunday evening. But you will deal, learn to deal tonight with what it means to have crisis going on in your life. You're emerging from one, you're in one, or you're uh, going to go into one in the future. Why don't you develop theologically along that line? The Ukrainians would understand. Now, uh, some of us get a little perturbed with Main Street being tore up. I won't call for a show of hands, but I, I venture to think half of you might raise your hands. Uh, the Astros and Phillies, I haven't been involved in the series, but you may be disappointed. That may be your crisis. I don't know. Um, Paris, Texas, tornado. Now we're getting a little more weighty. Tornadic activity in Paris, Texas. My son's... Uh, uh, supervisor's wife had breast cancer. Now we're, now we're getting on a personal level. Crisis uh, can be personal, could be international, and we're going to look at this. Um, so let's go. If you want to understand Habakkuk, and, and uh, I do, there are two things going on, two qu main questions in Habakkuk. Let's look in chapter 1, 2 through 4. That will be the first question. And uh, if you can't feel the pathos, the, the broody heaviness here, then, then you need to look deeper in the biblical text. Chapter 1, verse 2. Oh, Lord. Oftentimes when you have that, oh, Lord, now that's my prayer when I need the Lord. Oh, Lord. The vocative case. How long shall I cry for help? You will not hear. Or cry to you. Violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. 
Verse 4, so the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous so justice goes forth perverted. Okay, that's the first complaint. That's the first question. How long, Lord? Why? How long are you going to put up and tolerate this business? The first complaint And then I'm going to ask you to drop down to the latter part of chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. And that will be the second complaint, or if you will, the second question. And so the first complaint was about divine injustice. Think about it. Asking God, how long are you going to put up with this? You know, I I don't put up with it. How long, God, are you going to put up with this? And then the second uh, question in chapter 1, verse 12. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and are silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? There's the second complaint, and I've summarized it, human suffering. How long are you going to put up with humanity? And you can ask the Ukrainians in Kiev. And the bombing, shelling. and uh, So that's not happening right now in America, n- not externally. It's probably going on on a more subtle, in a more subtle sense. But uh, that's what's going on here. And, uh, but this historically is talking about Habakkuk uh, probably, in all probability, prophesied right before the invasion by the Chaldeans of Judah. God's people in Judah will be invaded. And we know the Chaldeans are very capable at at this uh, uh, maneuver. There are six possible questions. Who, what, where, why, how, when, whence. And of all things, Habakkuk will ask the Lord God Almighty and have the audacity to ask. You say, that's That's courage. But Habakkuk was a free thinker. See, there's nothing wrong with free thinking, religiously, politically, philosophically, but that doesn't mean you have to make shipwreck of your faith. doesn't mean you have to leave the church. Well, I'm fed up. I'm pouty out of here. No, you can be a free thinker and even disagree, but you don't have to be disagreeable. I told you brevity tonight, so I'm going to promise you that. So what does 605 B.C., that is a long time ago, what would 605 B.C. have to do with 2022? Uh, I'll give you three things. Look with me in chapter 1, verse 6. 1, 6. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth. See, at, at any given time in history, you had a, a dominant power, then you had weaker powers and so forth. At this time, the Neo-Babylonian Empire is about to march. And uh, their ways are not nice ways. And it is here that we see in verse 6, 1, 6, an international problem. Not that we have international problems today. I'm being sarcastic, of course. And then drop down to verse 11. 
But by the way, you know why I said what I just said? Because of the relevance of Habakkuk to this moment in time, in this moment in history, for David Hubbard and and Bob and Marlon and Henry and Jane and everybody else, there is relevance in the biblical text, though it was written in the long ago. And so tonight, look with me in verse 11. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on guilty men whose own might is their God. There's a theological problem. How long, God? There's a political problem, a militaristic problem, a theological problem, an international problem. Yes, and a personal problem. Look with me in 2.1. I. Why would you say personal, Bob? Look at the pronoun. I. Chapter 2, verse 1. I will take my stand at my watch and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. So we looked at the complaint. It's twofold. Basically, uh, you can divide it up further and uh, parse it. But there's two main questions, two main complaints. But it ramifies to the individual called Habakkuk. And for you and me, whatever be the international situation, we all have to deal with things on a personal basis here. Uh, well, I wasn't in Paris, Texas recently, so that doesn't affect me. Well, that's relative. I don't live in Andrews, so I don't have to deal with the tour up Main Street. That doesn't affect me. But you do have things that will affect you, are affecting you tonight, possibly. So, uh, all relevant. This is highly relevant business here. Back to the word for burden, masa, heavy, heavy. This is heavy stuff going on here. Um, Let me ask you then in the next uh, phase of our little operation here tonight, when trouble comes, how do you make it through? How do you make it through? So I I referenced a student at Princeton uh, University earlier, and I wasn't very impressed with his uh, ability in the scriptures yeah, I think uh, Tutton would, would show him up. I think it's a shame that you can go to a, a Christian school and come out and you don't know any Bible. I think that's a really just a, nothing but a shameful experience. See? I want you to have physics and mathematics and, and uh, English lit and all the rest and geopolitical and business and marketing and all that. But uh, why don't you get some Bible? In the Lord's Church, we are supposed to be a people of the Bible. And so here it is, and uh, in chapter 2 and verse 4, this is really primary. Look with me in chapter 2 and verse, verse 4 here in Habakkuk. But his soul is puffed up, it is not w- upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Now that's quoted in the New Testament three times that I'm aware of. In Romans 1.17, and, and it's used to say, this is how we're saved in Christ Jesus, the salvation of the gospel. It's by faith, not by works. Huh? Ephesians 2.8.9 also, not by works. See, he's not negating the benefit of works and the value of works, but it is ultimately by his faith. Now, this has been grammatically interpreted to be the faith that of God and the Son of God, or it may be the faith that, that the hearer has before God. Tonight, each one of you have a subjective faith. My faith, your faith. Yours doesn't look like mine. Mine doesn't look like yours. 
but we all are, are wanting the same thing. We don't tweak the faith. That's the objective use of faith. The faith once and for all delivered to the saints, Jude 3. But each of us are on a, a, a place and a plateau and a level, and we're all headed upward, hopefully. But this principle in verse 4, the, the, uh, to live by his faith, the faith that he gives, and to trust in him. Now, you might say, what does that look like? We hear a lot about faith around here in this building. Well, within the internal context of Habakkuk, I could find several things. Two, one, of course, investigate. I will take my stand. I'm going to be out there looking. I'm going to be searching. I'm going to be hungry. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. See, if you're satisfied, it's because you've been eating theological junk food. Now, that's stuffy, fluffy, but that's not what we need. Be willing to get out there and look and see and inquire and investigate. Number two, in verse two, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make a plain on tablets so he who runs may read it. Well, participate. Make the vision plain. Be involved. Participate. Support the gospel. Verse 3. For still, the vision awaits its appointed time and hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And I emphasize those words in the text. Wait for it. He said, I don't like to wait. John Milton said, they also who serve who stand and wait. In his blindness, John Milton, blind, English, British poet. They also serve who stand and wait. Sometimes we're called to wait and that's not easy to do. But here, waiting would involve anticipation. Don't give up. Have hope. Anticipate the future. Put God in your future. Live in a firmament not of this world. Wait for it. Then we come down to chapter 2, verse 6, and uh, all the way through 19. 2, 6. Shall not all these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say, Woe to him. Now we're getting into a series of woes here. Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own. That's greed. For how long? And loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will have be spoiled for them because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you. So God's saying, I'm sending the Chaldeans your way, Judah. But they're going to find that they're going to get Jehovah's recompense Two, not just yet. Verse 9, woe to him who gets evil gain for his house to set his nest on high. That reminds me of Obadiah, verse 3. The eagle of thou mind highs the eagle and set thy nest among the stars. Yet I will bring you down from thence, saith Jehovah. Ten, you have devised shame for your house by cutting off many people's You have forfeited your life, for the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the woodwork respond. Twelve, woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Thirteen, behold, it is not from the Lord of hosts. 
The peoples labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing. 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now there's a beautiful, beautiful expression in verse 14, 214. The earth will be filled only for those who want it and are willing to seek it. Seek and you shall find. And 15, woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. And you pour out your wrath and make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. You will have your fill of shame instead of glory. Drink yourself and show your uncircumcision. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you. And shudder shame will come upon your glory. 17, the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you as will the destruction of beasts that terrified them for the blood of man and violence to the earth. To cities and all who dwell in them. 18. What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. And finally, verse 19. Woe to him. I told you a series of woes. Woe. Jesus did the same thing in Matthew 23, didn't he? Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake. Now people are saying that today. Wake up. To a silent stone arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver. And there's no breath in it. And that, of course, would be the, uh, to evaluate. You say, why did he give those, that series of woes? To evaluate the situation. Tonight, you say, I don't care. You should care. And 2.20... Now, we just sang this. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. See, in a crisis, the noise is loud. The noise is very loud. But 2.20 reminds us that God is there. So, in Habakkuk, chapter 1, the complaints. Chapter 2, information. He wants you to have the information. Chapter 3 is the prayer. And now we're, there's only three chapters in Habakkuk. Now the prayer. Now, get ready for a devotional here. And uh, please look with me in verse 2. Well, verse 1, 3, 1. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shiganoth. I don't have time to go into the... The, the liturgical nature of this, but look in verse 2. O Lord, I have heard the report of you. Notice the personal, the personal commitment. I have heard the report of you. Faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? In your work, O Lord, do I fear. Now that's the God, his performance record. I've heard all about you like Rahab. The harlot, she, she heard about the stories, the vag and um, the exodus. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath and remember mercy. Verse 3, God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. That's his powerful presence. You say, I don't understand the, what he's talking about. Well, research the history, but the basic idea is his powerful presence in Andrews tonight, in Ukraine tonight, 
and uh, drop down to verse 16. And for the prayer that Habakkuk offers, let's look at verse 16 through 16. I hear, and my body trembles. Now there's the mind physiology thing. Have you ever felt badly something bad happened in your body? Started to feel bad like your heart felt bad? My heart feels bad. My bones feel bad. My body feels bad. We're all connected. God has so designed us electrically that that's just how it is. The mind-body problem, right? And then uh, I've chosen also verses 17. Well, let's finish 16. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, here it is. Watch this. This is the consolation. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. He said, I know that trouble is coming, and I don't like to wait, but here I wait, and I trust, because the righteous shall live by faith. That's a realization for you and me tonight, a realization. Wait on it. And then, if you will, verses 17 through 19, I'm privy to the fact that Mako Ferris told me once this was a very meaningful uh, portion of Scripture for her. Uh, Read with me, 17. This is the takeaway. This is what you have to get into your soul because of the crises that will inevitably come into your life here and after. Though, now there's a big word. Though is a conjunction and it means in spite of. Though. That'd be a good sermon. Just call it though. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Now this is bad news. Verse 18 is the yet, the nevertheless, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And then he concludes this way, God The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. So what I, uh, in essence, uh, conceive of what uh, Habakkuk is saying here is, you know, materialistically, things are not looking good. I don't know what will happen November 8th. But whatever happens, yet, though, in spite of, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what we may take home with us here tonight. Does it seem warm in here? What a burden, right? What a burden. And Main Street's tore up, but there are greater things. When trouble comes, living by faith, living by knowledge, living by prayer. Chapter 3 is a prayer. Habakkuk, the individual, 2-1, he was going to take his faithful position and look for an answer from God. Are you looking for a response from the Lord tonight? 3-1, a worship experience. He was worshipful in spite of it all. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shiganoth. 3-3, his expressiveness. God came from Timon. The powerful presence of God. 
See, he was an individual like you're an individual tonight, like you. Uh, so the, the question tonight that I put on the table furthermore is, uh, how do you process a crisis? Habakkuk tells us how to process a crisis. You're either coming out of one, you're in one, or you're going to go in one. May God bless you today and tomorrow. Let me close by giving you a few lessons to take home. Number one, religious questions are okay. It's okay to be a free thinker, but don't leave the church. Number two, some problems do not have an immediate resolution. See, uh, I may not understand right now, today, tonight, how all this fits in the puzzle of reality. I may not understand. Number three, in every trouble, God can be trusted, Wes. In every trouble, God is there in his holy temple. Chapter 2, verse 20. And the fourth and final uh, little lesson I leave with you here is live in the firmament, not on earth. See, Jesus would tell his disciples, you're from below, I'm from above. And since he who is from above, outside the cosmos, he came in and showed us, if you're within the cosmos, you, you can't, you're lost in the woods. You may not be able to see, but he is outside of the world. And he has shown us the way. I closed with uh, Robert Browning. I was in his apartment in Venice. And uh, a little piece out of Robert Browning, if I stoop into a dark, tremendous sea of cloud. Ever been there? If I stoop into a dark, tremendous sea of cloud, it is but for a time. I press God's lamp close to my breast. Its splendor, soon or late, will pierce the gloom. I shall emerge one day. Though the mills of God grind slowly, yet they grind excessively small. Though with patience he stands awaiting, with exactness he grinds. He. All. If you're subject to the gospel invitation tonight, uh, would like to become a child of God according to the New Testament, repent, be baptized for the remission of sins, we give you that opportunity now. Um, the value of crisis in Habakkuk as we stand and sing.